Good morning. Welcome. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? One person waved at me. Isn't that, that's pretty cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. Waved with both hands. If you're uh, worshiping with us online, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Can we stand today? And can we remember by singing this song the fact that the battle does not belong to us? The battle belongs to him. Amen. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is a mountain, you see a mountain move. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh. are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. Yeah. 
God, we thank you that the battle belongs to you and not to us. And we don't fight against flesh and blood in this life, but against principalities, against rulers of the dark places of this world. And so our weapons are not conventional. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, the New Testament says, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. So when we fight, we fight on our knees. What better place is there to be than on our knees before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? And that's when we are best able to be face to face with him. Amen. So, God, today we pray that in your presence you would bring joy into our lives, joy into our hearts, that your Holy Spirit would move in and among us and through us today as we're together. God, we pray your blessing on every moment that we are together this morning. Encourage us today, we pray, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, give the Lord praise again, and then you can be seated. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. We thank you so much for joining us here. If you have uh, never been to CTC before, or if you've only been a few times, if you're new, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Whether you're here with us in the room, or whether you're worshiping online, uh, we want to welcome you especially. If you're here in the room and you are new, uh, when you leave the sanctuary, leave the service today on the left side of the mall is our Connect Central. We encourage you to stop by there. We have a free gift for you. And uh, some folks from the church will be there to talk to you, to welcome you, to let you know about the things that we have going on here at, at Christ the Cornerstone, things that you can get involved in uh, and ways that you can get involved in serving. So stop by there on the way out. If you're online and you're new, there's an I'm new here button up in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. And if you would just click that, it'll take you to an I'm new here card. And just fill that out and give us uh, some basic information so that we can thank you for uh, being with us today. And uh, we promise not to uh, misuse that information. Those Connect cards can also be used to communicate prayer needs, praise reports, and uh, those Connect cards are available at your table, at your seat, where you're seated, here in the room, or they're also available uh, online that you can share those things with us. All right? On your table also is our monthly bulletin, and uh, that gives you some information about uh, events that are coming up, things that you can get involved in. You can also take uh, notes on the front side of that uh, when pastors bring the message uh, in a few minutes. So now we're going to take a couple of minutes and uh, catch up on some of the events that are going on around our campuses. Hey everyone, my name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. 
Our mission here at CTC is to love God and love people so that everyone can experience his life-changing love. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and get you caught up. The Cornerstone Adult Community Center, formerly the Senior Center, is presenting the African Americans' Many Rivers to Cross, a series of videos that moves through five centuries of history from the origins of slavery to the President of the United States. The series documents the tragedies and triumphs of the African American community. The videos will be presented on February 24th, March 2nd, and March 9th from 105 to 305. Seating is limited and reservations are required. To learn more or to reserve your seat, contact Ron Mitchell at rmitchell at ctcde.church or 302-377-6668. As we move through our current message series, Together We Grow, we are highlighting the importance of being a part of the lives of other believers. God did not intend for us to navigate this life alone. With that in mind, if you are not already part of a life group, we encourage you to look at our different group offerings and see which one fits you best. You can find this out by going to ctcde.church slash lifegroups. We are just five weeks away from Easter at CTC, and we have a full weekend of events. At the Bear Campus on Friday, there will be a crosswalk at 5 p.m. and Good Friday Night of Worship at 7 p.m. Saturday evening worship, 6 p.m., Easter sunrise service at 6.30 a.m., and morning worship at 9 and 11 a.m. Our Ellesmere campus will host a Good Friday service at 7 p.m., Easter sunrise at 6 a.m., and morning worship at 11 a.m. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there is anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Have a great week. see you and thanks for joining us online. We're glad that you have chosen to gather with us today as we worship our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a good, it's a good day. On your tables, uh, we're in a season of fasting, and so I just want to make a quick reminder that if you'd like to join us in our fast on Thursdays, fast begins after dinner on Thursdays and continues through dinner time on Friday. You choose what you're, what you're fasting from, but during that time when you feel that hunger or, or, or desire for whatever it is you're fasting, let it be a time for God to remind you to say, hey, talk to me. And uh, fasting is a time for asking God to come closer and for us to draw closer to God. I want to invite Abby if she'd come up. Uh, Abby is a, a young adult who is planning to go to Indonesia. And, uh, and so we want to hear her tell us some about the missions plans that she has for us. Good morning, Abby. I've got to get a microphone for you. Where did that microphone go? Woo! There we are. That'll work. So you got some 
pictures to show us. Let's have the let's have the slides up there so that we can see some of those things and tell us about your mission that you're planning to go on in Indonesia. So good morning, everybody. My name is Abby Smith. Um, I am from Delaware. I actually attend Bible Fellowship over in Newark. Um, so I just wanted to talk a bit about a ministry that I'll be joining next month in Indonesia. So I'll show the next slide real quick. So I'll be joining a children's home ministry in Indonesia that currently is housing 28 children, and there's nine staff right now. So here's a group picture of when I was there in October. So these children all come from various at-risk situations. Some of them are orphans. Some of them have been abandoned or neglected um, and have resulted in them coming to the home. So the ministry seeks to provide them with housing, food, education, as well as mentorship, teaching them their identity in Christ while providing them with a a family um, environment to grow up in. So the next slide. So my ministry is in Malang, Indonesia. So this is on the same island as the capital of Indonesia, Jakarta, but on the other side. So those who don't know, Indonesia is in Asia. It's by Malaysia and Papua New Guinea, and it's a country made up of over 17,000 islands altogether. So the next slide will show a bit about um, this past year in October, I went and was volunteering with this ministry for about a month. So I've been working with Youth with a Mission, or YWAM, for the past two years, receiving different trainings from them. And I've been looking for more long-term ministry placements. And um, I've always been interested in working with children at risk. My family, there's seven kids in my family, and four of them are adopted. So this has been something that's been on my heart for a while. So I was asking different ministries that work with children at risk if I could come and visit them. And that's how I got connected with this ministry. So in October, I went and I was um, volunteering with them, helping with teaching English and different um, ministries there. And then by halfway through my time there, the ministry leadership approached me and asked if I would consider coming back to staff long term. So after praying about it and seeking um, my mentors back at home, asking for their advice, I felt a lot of peace about coming back. And so since October until now, I've been preparing to go back to Indonesia. So with the next slide, so I'll be going to Indonesia March 19th. Um, While I'm there, I'll be um, doing, I'll be under a school. So this first picture shows a picture of two girls that are currently doing a language school in Indonesia. So I'll be joining that school and being a student part-time and then a staff part-time as well. Um, So my first year will be part student part staff and then I'll also be teaching English at the home and learning from the ministry leaders how to run this type of ministry. Um, Our goal is to start another children's home ministry on another island in Indonesia in the next few years and so the ministry leadership has asked me if I'd be willing to prepare myself to um, help start that up so that will be another goal that I'll be working towards. Um, And then just the last slide So I just invite you to be praying for me. Um, I have different prayer cards um, in the back at the cookie table if you'd like to grab them just as a reminder to be praying. And then also sign-up sheets in the just on that first table in the back if you want to sign up for weekly prayer updates um, to just stay connected. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you for listening to God's call on on your life. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You know... uh, I asked her when we met, uh, I don't know, 10 days ago or so, I I said, you know, what kind of is motivating you to do this? And then she told me she has 
seven siblings, four of them are adopted, and uh, all of them, well, maybe not from Malaysia or from Indonesia, but... Two of them from China, and then two of them from the States. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's just a, a deep sense of compassion for other people, and, and so grateful for uh, God to give us the abilities to participate in your ministry. So if you feel God calling you to, to, to make a commitment to pray with Abby as she goes, pick up one of her cards and talk with her. Uh, they're out in the mall, and uh, Christ the Cornerstone will be making a contribution to, to help her because of, because of your generosity. At Christ the Cornerstone, we pull all of our money together so that we can respond together to uh, things like uh, opportunities like this. Um, we have some verses that we uh, that we re- repeat each week to remind us to trust God for all things. So I want to invite you to read one of those verses uh, with me as we see it on the screen. Let's read this verse together. It says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. We can trust God as we share what God has provided to us with others. Let's stand together, and I'm going to offer a prayer with, uh, with Abby, and uh, as we get back to worshiping together, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Abby. We just ask you to be with her, provide her. We trust you, God. We trust her to you and to your care. We trust, God, that you're providing all the needs. Lord, we pray for the children that she will be ministering uh, with in Indonesia. We pray for their health. We pray for their faith, that they will find joy and forgiveness for their sins and new life in you. We thank you, Jesus. Uh, Come and be with us as we continue to worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sorry, I had to have a little consult right there. Before we move on in worship, I heard a story this morning that you have to hear. You know, we pray as our worship team gets together week by week that the spirit would move because we know that the anointing breaks yokes and breaks bondages and God is the one who saves and heals and sets free. So I just asked him if I could share the story with you. Pastor Vaughn last week was in this room with a severe pain in his side. And as our team was leading worship, he felt like the Lord was instructing him to just go to the altar and pray. So he came right over here and I remember pretty much the exact moment when I looked over and I saw him praying and I was like, that's really cool that people are, you know, feel comfortable to come to the altar while we're, while we're, while our team is leading. Well, the story that he shared with us this morning is that when he got up from praying at that moment that the Lord encouraged him to go do that, the pain in his side was gone and it hasn't been back. Now, this is the God that we serve. And it's really, really fitting that he told us this story and that I'm telling you this story because right now we're going to sing a song about speaking the name of Jesus into and over our lives. Because the name of Jesus is far more powerful than any other name that we could imagine. Far greater than any pain, any disease, any sickness, anything that can come into our lives. And so, Jesus, we call on you today. Hallelujah. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace 
Nothing that can stand against the name of Jesus. There is nothing that can stand against the name of Jesus. You know what? I love to hear stories like this one from Pastor Vaughn. And part of what I hope is that you will be encouraged to maybe come and tell me or someone else your story about something that God has done. It doesn't have to be in this room, but something that God has done in your life because of the power that is in the name of Jesus. Amen? Because when we hear stories like that, when we just hear stories from people, we're encouraged. And I love stories. I love to hear people's stories about pretty much anything. Because it kind of gives me an insight into who they are and how they think and what excites them. But I want to tell you more than anything, what excites me is hearing stories of God's deliverance, God's salvation, His healing, His setting free of people when they call on His name. And so, God, today, we call on Your name, not only the name of Jesus, but all the names that You gave us in the book of Isaiah, in the New Testament, in different places in the Old Testament, all of the names of Jehovah that we see. God, you are more than enough for us today.
Jesus for being present with us this morning. I want to invite the children uh, to come forward as we uh, pray for them and pray for our continuing time of worship. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Precious names that we have to refer to you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and being present with us this morning. And as we each Listen to your word this morning, our children, and in their space, and us here, and those at home. God, we ask you to continue to open our hearts and our minds to you. May we all be blessed because we chose to be here this morning. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, children. Good, good, good. As the children are leaving, I'm giving you a snack, an orange. There's an orange on the tables if you're sitting at a chair, sorry, or if you're not at a table. The oranges that I've got here are just another reminder that God created us 
to grow and to mature. Here's the orange that I, I used last night. I peeled it open. And you can eat the orange if you want. Go ahead and, and take the orange, and, and we've got more if you want to eat that one, and we'll fill them up back up before the next service. But if you want to, uh, you, you know, you can peel that orange, you know, prize for the person who can peel it and still and keep the peel all in one piece, right? My father was really good at that, and he knew he was good at it, and every time he did it, he let everybody know that he was good at it. And uh, so these oranges... This actually is not an orange. I was corrected. Ramiro, that's not an orange. Did you call it a nectarine? Well, it's a mandarin. Tangerine. That's what he, that's what he called it. It's a, it's, or a cutie. But that, that's the brand name or whatever. All right. So put all the comments on there and send me the things that I don't know what I'm talking about. But it's orange. And so I'm calling it an orange. And if it wasn't mature, if it wasn't ripe, it wouldn't be what it is, right? And it's not a strawberry. It doesn't look like a strawberry. It doesn't taste like a strawberry. God created each thing that lives with a unique purpose, a unique flavor, a unique look. And your life is no different. You're just like this orange. No, wait. (laughs) You're not at all like this orange. But you have a unique purpose, and God has created you to grow, to mature, to become who only God has created you to be. What a beautiful thing that is, right? I think so. And how many times in our lives, you know, especially as our young people grow and mature, and and they struggle to find out, who am I? What am I here for? What am I supposed to do? That is is a critical life uh, task that we have to, and it doesn't matter what stage of life we're in. We're constantly asking that question. What am I here for? Who am I? What's my life like? We get, we get sick and we ask the same question. What am I going to do now? We lose a job. We ask the same question. What am I going to do now? Why am I here? We get in, we get, we have a job for 15 or 20 years. We get bored with the job. We're not going to change jobs because our children are dependent on that job, but we get bored with it. Who am I? What am I doing here now? There, every stage of life, we're called to grow and to mature. It is not easy, is it? And that's what we're talking about in this series. Together we grow. We've got this slide. It's on your it's on your tables. The the image of the uh, of the redwood trees and how the roots of the redwood tree don't go down deep into the soil. They go across the soil in order to engage and and grow into the other trees. Look at that. They, 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 they grow and they hold each other up. That's a beautiful image of who we are as people. But more importantly, not just people in general, who God created us to be together as the church, the body of Christ. Scripture says, let your roots grow down deep into Christ. But as they grow down deep into Christ, they go across and, and, and get involved with one another, supporting one another. There's not one redwood tree that can survive outside on its, on its own. It's got to be together with others, and so do you. But while we're together, 
we're constantly growing. And we learned last week that that growing process that God has us on often, if not always, I say, involves pain. Now, that pain can be sometimes that pain is very tolerable. We might call it stress. We might call it discomfort. We might call it, we've got to go to the edge of our comfort zone. But whatever it is, it could be a a low level of pain or it can be a deep level of pain. Growth requires pain. And I'm not just, I didn't just make this up. And there's some people who are much wiser than I am. And and here's here's one who, uh, her name is Carol Blankensanger. She's a counselor uh, in Kentucky. And uh, she wrote this in one of her her papers. She says, one finds that the cycle of life with all, and she uses a big academic word, with all of its vicissitudes. I'm like, okay, let's see if we can use another word than that. With all of its drastic life changes that never stop. With all of its back and forth. With all its ups and downs, with all of the changes that comes through life. She says, one finds that the cycle of life, with all of its constant changes, is a growth process and often a hair-raising adventure. (laughs) How many of you like roller coasters? I don't. The last roller coaster I went on was at Disney World. and Well, no, it was Magic Kingdom. Is that what it's called? Now, what am I talking about? The animal one at Disney World. Animal Kingdom. There it is. Phew. You know, you know, no, it wasn't Space Mountain. It was, it was the, the Himalayan roller coaster at, at Animal Kingdom. The one, that, the one that comes to a dead-end stop at the top of, of, the, of the mountain, and then you ride the entire thing backwards. That messed me up. <laughs> My daughter was, and I rode it together, and uh, I was fine until we went backwards, and then that ruined me for the day. But a hair-raising adventure is life. It's going to be that way, and that was last week's message was, get, get ready, put your seatbelt on, life is going to have plenty of difficulties. But Jesus is with us. Don't enter into this life without Jesus. Don't get on that roller coaster without Jesus. Don't, you know, let him be there. He's always with us. We read the scripture from James chapter 1 verses 2 and 4. 2 through 4 that says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it. Listen to the, listen to the tense of the verbs. It's a command. Consider it an opportunity for pure joy. Now, in order for you to consider these, these changes in life, these difficulties, whether it's just a, a moment of discomfort or, or it's a moment of great pain, in other words, a moment of slight pain versus a moment of great pain, you've got to make a decision in your mind. I am going to think about this. I am going to consider this. I am going to engage my mind in in this situation with the attitude of pure joy. That's work, brothers and sisters, for us to do that. And it doesn't take long for us in our lives, even even as as children. They, They experience deep pain. They experience little pains. And parents, it's our job to help 
our children learn to face the reality of these pains in life. I keep thinking about these things. I remember uh, I have another story about my son that, I, that, I'll, that I'll get to, but now the uh, memory of my son. You know, uh, sorry, poor Ryan. I don't, hope he's not watching today. He lives, in, he lives in Kentucky. He hated putting socks on. And, and he's, he's 29 years old. But what he hated then, when he, was, when he was two or three years old, he hated to wear socks because there was so much cushioning in the sock that it hurt his toes when he put his shoes on. And he had the hardest time. It was painful to put his socks on. Poor boy. <laughs> it was painful for me to try to get his socks on. Poor dad. Put up with it. Grow through it, dad. Grow through it. We have to help, our, help one another. Remember those roots on the redwood trees? We've got to help one another, hold one another together as we experience the pain together. That's our job as brothers and sisters in Christ. So, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Because you know that when your faith is tested, when your faith is tested, then, when... When your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Here's the next phrase for today that we're focusing on. Let it grow. Let it grow. Let it grow. Mary's already repeating it after me. You all repeat it after me. Let it grow. You know, there's that let it snow. Let it grow. Let it grow. I don't know the rest of the song, and I've just ruined a great Disney movie for lots of people. When your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. God created us to grow. Growth comes through endurance. We've got to endure. Now, as I said last week, I'm not talking about enduring abuse. And I'm not talking about staying in a relationship that is absolutely harming you or others. That is not what I'm talking about. But life requires endurance. And it also requires us to participate in it. In other words, we have to choose to grow. Let it grow. We have to choose growth. And that's the theme and the the, the emphasis for today. So let it grow, James says, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and lacking Nothing. That's, that's wholeness. Do you realize that? This is a description of the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. It goes far beyond just being forgiven of my sins and the hope of everlasting when I die from this world of living uh, in heaven and avoiding hell. Jesus created us to live life. And that begins here and now. And it requires us to endure, to grow, to participate, to, 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 to help one another, hold one another together in the good times and rejoice and to celebrate and to hold one another together and lift one another up. So that when somebody's going through a traumatic situation, in other words, the wind is blowing their redwood tree flat to the ground, the rest of us are around that person saying, hang on, hang on, hang on. The wind will stop someday. Hang on. Hang on. I want us to go to the book of Joshua. And, and as we consider this idea of letting it grow, 
exerting our will, our own decision to grow. Now, God is the one who brings the growth. Scripture in, in, in 1 Corinthians where Paul says, he's talking about him and Apollos. And Paul says, Apollos and I planted the seed. We told you the gospel. Apollos came and encouraged you and he, he watered that seed. But it is only God who makes it grow. Just like this orange, this mandarin, this nectarine, this whatever, man, whatever, whatever that thing is. <laughs> Tangerine, <laughs> Tangelo, got all kinds of things. <laughs> only God can make that grow. But God designed it to grow, and only God can make you grow, but God needs you to hang in there. Stick with it. To say at times, God, this hurts. Come and help me. Come and heal me. Teach me how to grow up through this experience. And it doesn't matter what age you are. That's what God's calling us to do. Now, here's little Nolan running through. And there's mom running after Nolan to try to find Nolan. And she's so embarrassed that I, that I noticed that. But he's, but he's not stopping. And he's saying, God, help me be the mother that I need to be. <laughs> Let it grow. Let it grow. What's happening? I'll tell you what happened. I have a tooth problem, and my tooth just fell out. <laughs> See that? Woo, it's gone. Dennis is going to take care of it in a couple of weeks. <laughs> but be like, be like Grandma. Take all your teeth out. Please don't do that. Well, no, good thing all of them can't come out. The things that happen during church. I'm going to choose to grow through this embarrassing moment. God is good. God is good. So, so that scripture uh, from 1 Corinthians. Chapter 3, verse 6 through 9. The important thing is that God makes the seed grow. The the one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers. And you are God's field. You are God's building. God is the one that makes things grow. But he calls us to let it grow. You, re- you do realize that in this, you have the ability to prevent the growth in your own life. So, so realize that. Things aren't going your way. God, help me grow through this. So Joshua, chapter 24. In the book of Joshua, the people of God have finally entered into the promised land. And, and Joshua is the one. Moses has died. Joshua is the one who is to lead them to, to enter into the land that God has promised them and to, to conquer it and to take it over. And in the, in the, they, they do that in the first part of Joshua. In the, in the last half of the book of Joshua, it's all about dividing that land among the twelve tribes of Israel. 
And then we get to chapter 24 in the book of Joshua. And Joshua is an old man now. He's about ready to die. Leadership has got to pass. But before he passes on to leadership, the leadership, he's got to have this conversation with Israel. And, 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 and I don't know, we've got a, a 150 or 60, maybe 170 people in the room. And how many, you know, 200 and some people in the room or, or listening today, having a conversation with me, kind of, you know, I mean, you're not saying much, but I can read your body language and your, I hear your laughter and I see what's going on. It, but, but imagine Joshua talking with the entire nation of Israel and having a conversation with hundreds of thousands of people. And it's a conversation they're having together. And he says to them, look and remember all the things that God has done. Go all the way back to Abraham and how God called Abraham and said, I'm going to give you a son through Sarah who, who can't have any children and she's too old to have children. And then he gave, he gave birth, she gave birth finally to um, Abraham, Isaac. Isaac gave birth to Jacob. Jacob gave birth to Joseph. Joseph's name was changed to Israel. Joseph was imprisoned in Egypt. He rose to power. God gave him a privileged position in Egypt so that he could save the rest of his family in the drought. God is working out salvation for all of humanity. And Joshua says, look, when we were, had been enslaved in, in Egypt for 400 years, God sent Moses and the ten plagues. And finally, Pharaoh let us go. Did he let us go? No. He chased us to come back. But God parted the Red Sea and we got through it. We got into this this wilderness where we had to wander for 40 years because we weren't quite sure which way God was leading us. But we hoped in the promise that God had given to our father Abraham that we as a people would be a blessing. Not just that we would occupy land. That's not the destination. That's not the end of it. That's not God's purpose for Israel. God's purpose for Israel, according to the book of Genesis, is to be a blessing to all nations of the world. That's why God called Abraham. And we follow that through Jesus. Jesus is the... And, and so here's Joshua with the people of him. So you've got to continue to follow your Lord, but don't ever forget what God has brought us through. So Joshua says in 24, verse 14, So fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Yes, this fear means uh, honor Him. Respect Him. Have great awe for God. But sometimes that awe for God is a literal fear. Oh my gosh! (laughs) God brought life into this world and He can take it out. Yes, we need to fear the Lord. And, it says, serve Him. Kind of. When you want to. Now and then, on Sunday morning, when the preacher calls and twists my arm, (laughs) oh, this is my good side. (laughs) Don't look at this side. No, serve him wholeheartedly. 
Now let me go back to let me go back to, to the book of James. When you consider these difficulties an opportunity for great joy, what did James say will be the outcome? Your endurance has a chance to grow. And when your endurance has a chance to grow, you will be mature, complete, and lacking nothing. That sounds like wholeheartedness, doesn't it? You will be wholehearted. Serve the Lord wholeheartedly. And he says, here here are some of the conditions of, of what he's asking us to do. What does wholehearted serving look like? You put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates and river in, in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. And Jesus says, you cannot serve both God and money. And you can replace anything with the word money in there. Serve God alone. But if you, if you refuse to serve the Lord... <laughs> It's interesting to me. He says, serve the Lord. But if you, if you refuse to serve the Lord, there's that exertion of your own will again. You have the, you have the opportunity to refuse to serve the Lord. And, and you know what? Human beings, <laughs> that is our default position. To refuse to serve the Lord. It's called sin. When we sin, we are refusing to serve the Lord. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. There's no middle ground. You either serve God or you're serving somebody else. We're not isolated. We're not gods unto ourselves. We all answer to somebody. We all are influenced by somebody, something, and we're all influencing something. We're not alone. We can't live life alone. Just like a redwood tree. We need each other. And the others who influence us can be negative or positive influences in our lives. So choose who you will serve. If you refuse, now how many of us would say, oh, I am aware that I am refusing to serve God. Now that's called conviction when we get to that point. And, and, it, and it comes because the Holy Spirit has said something to our own spirit. You're not, just, you're not living the life that God created you to live, little tangerine. You're going the wrong way. This isn't what God created for you. This isn't wholeness. This isn't forgiveness. This isn't freedom. Because you've not chosen to serve me. And, 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 and we've, we've not realized yet that we have exerted our will by default. Choose today who you will serve. I'm appealing to you to serve the Lord, to commit yourself to Jesus Christ and serve Him. But if you refuse to serve Jesus, then choose who you will serve because you are going to serve somebody. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates 
Joshua says to the people? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. You've probably heard that verse before. Maybe many of you have it printed on some plaque in your house or a picture or something. But does it have the first part of the verse or the verse before it? That reminds us that we must choose today whom we will serve, that we have all turned our backs on God. And in not serving the Lord, we are serving almost anything else because we're created in that way. And listen, listen, here's the conversation, and and it really kind of makes me laugh. And he says, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And the people replied, we will never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. Well, there's a nice statement. And they recognized, for the Lord our God is the one who rescued us and our ancestors from slavery in the land of Egypt. He performed mighty miracles before our very eyes. As we traveled through the wilderness among our enemies, He preserved us. It was the Lord who drove out the Amorites and the other nations living here in the land. So we too will serve the Lord, for He alone is our God. And if you read the rest of the the verse that comes after, Joshua almost laughs at them. Oh, good for you. You can't do that. How many times have we made a promise that we can't keep? How many times have we said to somebody, I'll never do that again, and next week we find ourselves doing that again? Reminded that this is a story about my son that that I remembered when he was about 11 or 12 years old, and I don't know. I was yelling at him for having done something that I've told him not to do, and 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 it it was just one of those. I was just so frustrated, not just with that Ryan wasn't doing something that I asked him to do repeatedly, and it was a part of it was a character kind of thing. And I was like, Rod, why do you why do you do that? Don't do that. You know we don't do that in a in this house. And all I wanted him to say is, Dad, I want I won't do that anymore. And he and he but he couldn't say that. And I kept pushing him. And finally a little tear started coming down his eye from his eye and I said, "Ryan, what what did I do? What why are you crying?" And he said, Dad, because I don't think I can keep a promise like that. Immediately, <laughs> my heart changed. And I realized that my 12-year-old son was becoming a man. And that something was happening in his head that says life is a little bit more complicated than I thought it was. And I had to change my parenting immediately. Because my son no longer needed a dad who would hold him accountable to what is right and wrong. He needed a dad who would show him how to do life when we adults realize we don't always get it right. And when that happens, we've got to have Jesus in our lives. 
And we've got to say, Lord, I messed up again. I am so sorry. I know that you died on the cross to forgive my sins, so take this sin out of me. John Wesley, the founder of what is the Methodist movement, the Methodist church and global Methodist church, Nazarene church, whatever, many different churches. He, he, he talked about this, this, this inclination that we humans all have towards sinning. And, and, and the, this relationship with Jesus is a growing process. We call it holiness. We call it sanctification. And God is moving us toward that perfection where we can be mature and complete and lacking nothing. But it starts with us trusting and choosing to serve our Lord Jesus Christ, who died on the cross. These, these Israelites get to this point. They have this conversation with Joshua. He says, you can't do it. They said, yes, we can. He says, no, you can't. They say, yes, we can. And finally says, all right, we've got to make a covenant. So let's, so let's set up some rocks. And these, these rocks will become a monument to remind you whenever you mess up again that on this occasion, on this day, you chose to serve the Lord. And some days you walk around and you see these rocks, some days they're going to say, yay for you. Some days when you mess up, you're going to see these rocks and those rocks are going to say, oh, you failed again. So confess your sin and trust they, couldn't, they didn't know Jesus as, as we do at that time. But, but you know what? Instead of the rocks, we've got a cross that reminds us that Jesus paid the price for our forgiveness. It, 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 and in our tradition, we have an empty cross which reminds us that Jesus, Jesus rose again. He's no longer on the cross. And sometimes, sometimes in my personal life, I, I need to see a crucifix. I need to see that Jesus suffered for me. And then there are times I need to see Jesus off the cross to remind me, Jesus, you call me to resurrected life and holiness. So, my invitation to you is, where are we? Let's come. Let's confess our sins. Let's come to Jesus Christ. And I don't, I don't know where you are in your life. Maybe, maybe you've made that decision long ago. Maybe you've just got to repent of something. You've got to turn around. Maybe, maybe, maybe part of what I've said today is, is, is you say, well, I've said I've served the Lord, served the Lord, served the Lord. But I know by Wednesday, that's gone out the window. And Jesus is just saying, hey, come, give yourself to me so that I can be in your life. I desire to make you mature and complete and lacking nothing. And you hear those words and you think, yes, Jesus, but this is lacking in my life, my relationship with my, my wife or, or my marriage, my children, my mother, my boss. It's, it's lacking. So confess it and bring it to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you to make me whole. Help me. Help me. Let's stand together as, as we sing. And I invite you to come and if you want to pray here at the platform, I just, just come and pray. You can be there alone. If somebody taps you on the shoulder and asks, could they pray for you, you have the opportunity to say, no, I'm good, or yes, please.
but, but, but confess yourself. Trust in Jesus. There are people at the back of the room. There are people online who will pray with you as we confess and as we say, Jesus, I will serve you. Oh, come and give me the strength to follow you every day. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for your mercy, for your kindness, for your power. Thank you that you give to us new life. Oh, Jesus, as we tarry, as we endure, as we wait, we need you to come. Help us encourage each other. Help us to be encouraged, to receive encouragement from one another. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to come and pray. Let's pray. God is here with us today. Amen. Do you believe that? Let's come and pray and worship Him. Here, moving in our midst, I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Come on. Oh, and you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every. I worship you, I worship you, you are here, healing every heart, I worship you, I worship you, turning lives around, you are here, turning lives around. I worship you, I worship you, you are here, bending every heart, I worship you, I worship you, oh and you are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, Light in the darkness, 
that you give us to make the choices that we need to make in our lives. And we thank you, Lord, that even in the most difficult times in our lives, that we can look to you. We have sung about so many of your names today in this place as we've been together. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Your name is Jesus. And your name is far more powerful than any other name. So Lord, as we choose today to serve you, to serve you together as a body of believers, to serve you together as a family of faith, we pray that as we make these choices, you would help us to remember who's with us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that you sent to be with us, to help us, to encourage us, to guide us. Lead us, God, we pray, as we go from this place today. In Jesus' name, and we all sit together. Amen. If you still need prayer, if you still want to come and pray, the altar is still open. There are folks at the prayer stations. There are folks that can meet with you online to pray for several more minutes. Uh, Don't leave or don't sign off today from being online unless you... Get somebody to pray with you if that's what you need. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for worshiping with us.